today on the DML News Podcast. Looks like SCOTUS is going to weigh in on Trump in a positive measure. And Putin, Tucker, the interview dropped, and we got a lot to say about that. But the biggest bombshell for today, Biden. He can't remember where his ass is and can't find it with both hands, says the special counsel. Oh, do we have a show today? And it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining me today. Denny is off today, so sitting across from me is Sir Ryan. He's both on the controls, and he's going to weigh in on some of the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, Today is an audio-only program. Uh, Just for the sake of we have so many different podcasts happening today, we don't have time to give you both video and audio. So for those people who are Team DML, we do apologize for that. Nonetheless, we're going to have a great program for you. We've got a lot to share. We've got a lot to pack in. We're going to start it off right away. But what I do want to tell you is that DMLCBD.com slash face, F-A-C-E, DMLCBD.com slash face for the DMLCBD face serum. Buy one, get one free. It was yesterday. It is today, Friday. Tomorrow, Saturday, and it ends when the Super Bowl is over. So you're almost out of time for this amazing product that I am telling you right now will help you in so many different ways. For me personally, it has made my skin clean. It has made it hydrated. Uh, I'm getting rid of unwanted marks and unwanted lines that come with age In fact, we talked about it yesterday with all the uh, comments, the positive comments we've gotten from people who hadn't seen me in a while on Facebook Live. We printed those out and showed them to you being authentic. Last night, I did another Facebook Live about what happened with Joe Biden. And would you believe it? Somebody else said again, Dennis, you are aging in reverse. Mary's now calling me Benjamin Button. So with that being said, dmlcbd.com slash face. Buy one, get one free. Ryan, my friend, how are you doing this morning? Good, you? There's so much stuff going on here, Ryan. I tell you, this is going to be one of the more interesting shows that we have done in a very long time. So what I want to do, Ryan, is I want to get out of the way the stuff with the Supreme Court and Trump. I want to get out the stuff with uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. And then I want to spend the rest of the show on what happened with Joe Biden, because I've been around for a while and I've never seen what I saw yesterday. And I got a lot of thoughts about it. First of all, we're going to play a video right now. This is from the Supreme Court yesterday. They heard uh, arguments about whether or not Trump should be allowed to be on the ballot, or should I say better off, can Colorado remove uh, the former president? Can they remove him from the ballot? Very, very, very interesting. Here are some comments from the Supreme Court yesterday listening to arguments. Here you go. In a divisive case that could decide the election, the justices seem to find rare common ground. The states can't use an obscure constitutional provision to kick Donald Trump off the ballot. Liberal Justice Elena Kagan got right to the point. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. Conservative Amy Coney Barrett agreed. Just doesn't seem like a state call. The Colorado Supreme Court narrowly ruled in December that Trump should be removed from the state's Republican primary ballot because he engaged in insurrection on January 6th and was disqualified from the presidency under the Constitution's 14th Amendment. 
Colorado's Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold. Just like we wouldn't put a 17-year-old on our ballot for president because they're ineligible or someone who's not a natural-born citizen, uh, we also don't put oath-breaking insurrectionists on our ballots. But Chief Justice John Roberts warned of the potential impact of the Colorado decision and how both sides could use it to punish the other. I would expect that uh, you know, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others, uh, the, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Now, Trump didn't attend yesterday's hearing, but he said afterward that he thought the arguments were strong and that he believed in the Supreme Court. As for timing, the court fast-tracked this case so we could get a decision within weeks. So, Ryan, this comes as no surprise. I mean, Colorado, a very radical state, has gone far blue as far as I'm concerned. And to think that they can just play judge and jury on their own by means of saying, hey, listen, he was uh, you know, part of an insurrection. Well, first of all, he hasn't been found guilty of doing that sort of thing. So Colorado is sort of uh, uh, jumping the shark, if you will. And I like the idea that we're getting the Supreme Court to come out with these comments, both from the conservative side and also from the liberal side. What's your take? No, I agree. And to say that he's an insurrectionist is just total, you know, bull s. Um, he didn't charge into the uh, congressional building. He gave a speech, and it was a peaceful speech. And those individuals took it upon themselves. So to compare him to a 17-year-old is ridiculous. Um, he was a former president, a great president at that. And for Colorado to say that the other 49 states don't have a say in them putting Trump on their ballot is totally ridiculous. And I think that's why the Democrats are agreeing with the Republicans in the Supreme Court, because you can't just let one state determine the destiny of a candidate when there's 49 other states that will like to see him on the ballot. You know, for right now, the Democrats are up against, uh, they're up against a lot. A lot of things have been changing here in a very short period of time. And one of those things is Trump is gaining more momentum with every single knife and gun that the Democrats pull out on him. And now they are in a situation where Joe Biden is pretty much, he's done because the Department of Justice has basically found him to be unfit for office. We're going to get to that in a second, but I want to shift gears for something else because the Joe Biden conversation is going to be quite some time. We have Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin is arguably one of the most powerful men in the world, if not in the top three. You could say the president of the United States. You could say Xi Jinping and basically Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin right now, as far as I'm concerned, in many different ways, holds the key to whether or not the United States will go into a full-blown war. It could be nuclear war at that. Tarko Carlson, I mean, he's got balls of steel, this guy. He's been trying to land a Putin interview for years, going back to Fox News. He finally gets it. He travels over to Russia, which in of itself is a high-risk 
He goes there, he sits down with Vladimir Putin and has a two-hour interview to which I watched the entire thing. I know you did too. Vladimir Putin can't believe that the United States has used its dollar as something to weaponize other countries. And as a result, things are falling down on the dollar in a bad way. It's collapsing. I mean, with the dollar aspect, he basically said, like, propping the U.S. power-wise around the globe based off of its dollar is kind of stupid because at the end of the day, if the dollar loses its value, we're going to be painted into a corner and that corner is going to be military conflict because that's the only way that we're going to be able to reinstill the dollar. And he basically said, he's like, BRICS nations are out doing the G7 summit. He's like, these countries are growing. They have a lot of population. And he's like, no one in the West is realizing that this is happening. I think a big one that I found interesting was that he basically said the Ukraine war is a civil war. And that I think that's where the history lesson came into play, that 30 minutes of him explaining, okay, like, hey, Ukraine has always been a part of Russia, and we've always had these situations where we fought each other. And he's like, right now, he's like, Ukraine, when he said that that story about, I don't know if it's true, about Russians never surrender, it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a civil war. And then him talking about how Zelensky's getting rid of the Orthodox Church, and it's like, yeah, you got to take what Putin says with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like a civil war. Like they're the same people. They speak the same language. And it's like, why are we over there dealing with shit that isn't involved in us? Let's 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 move back for a second. Uh, I, I'll, I'll add a little bit more uh, detailed color to what Ryan's talking about here. So the the interview is two hours long. It's posted on Twitter or X. We also put it on the DML News app. And if you don't have the DML News app, you should download it for free from the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. But uh, Tucker Carlson starts off the interview by stating that, you know, Vladimir Putin basically gives about a half hour to 40 minute history lesson about when it is that, uh, you know, the USSR and Russia, how that was all created, how Ukraine was a part of it, how Ukraine broke away from it and how, to Ryan's point, Vladimir Putin deems this a civil war, which in his, uh, the interpretation of that is Ukraine is Russia. Don't tell me it's not. That's our land. That's our property. Now, what what uh, Tucker Carlson did was he pushed back on that. He said, wait a second. You've been in power since the early 20, you know, 2000s. You've been in power for 20 plus years. Why didn't you declare this 20 years ago? Why did you just wait two years ago? And there really wasn't a great answer out of Putin. He sort of alluded to the whole thing of Ukraine possibly becoming a member of NATO, which he believes is a uh, serious threat to, you know, the Russia homeland. Regardless of how you stand on that, and I will say, Ryan, the beginning of that uh, interview, the first 40 minutes to me was like I reminded myself of back when I was in high school sitting in social studies class and I couldn't wait for the bell to ring. But the, the, the interview started to have a lot of meat on the bone right after that. One of the things I do want to play here, it's a very interesting clip. It's about Vladimir Putin asking, why in heaven's name is the American government focused in on Ukraine and Russia when you guys have so many problems at home? Take a listen to this. Do the United States need this? What for? Thousands of miles away from your national territory. Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border. 
issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than $33 trillion. You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today? What's your take on that, Ryan? Because <laughs> I think Vladimir Putin I, sounds a lot like I do. I think Putin hit the nail on the head. I mean, we do have so many issues in our country. And he's basically saying, he's like, you have so many problems plaguing the U.S. and you're going to bother yourself and put so much energy into a war that's thousands of miles away. And it, it goes to show that, you know, the only person, the only way the United States fails is because of itself. It loves to shoot itself in the foot. Yep. I mean, and before that, he was talking about how basically NATO painted them into this corner. I mean, we didn't have to go down this route with Russia. We drove them to be closer with China. We drove them to do what they're doing. And at the end of the day, there's no one really to blame but ourselves. And he basically said he doesn't want Poland. He doesn't want any of those countries. He doesn't want a war with NATO. War is not good for business. It's not good for his image in office. He just wants Ukraine. And that's where that history lesson comes into play. And I, I totally agree with Putin. He's like, why don't you fix your problems and not worry about our problems? Ukraine is our southern border. How about you worry about yours? I, I, I give Tucker Carlson A for effort, balls of steel. The interview itself was a bit sleepy. You know, it's never easy with the interpreter, like I said before. The history lesson was very long. Uh, Tucker Carlson tried to shortchange that and say, come on, let's move forward with it. Vladimir Putin would have nothing uh, of that. Vladimir Putin was not going to allow Tucker Carlson to dictate the interview. Vladimir Putin, a uh, very, very strong-minded, strong-willed person, uh, that's what leaders are made of, whether you hate him, love him, think he's scum, think he's corrupt, or think he's the best thing since sliced bread, he's going to control it. And that is that of a leader. I mean, when you can control the media, you control it all. So to that extent, he sort of owned Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson was always on his heels. And I can understand why he would be on his heels, Ryan. He's in a foreign country. It's an adversary. He's got to be careful what he says and what he does. Vladimir Putin can turn on you real quick. And uh, so for that part, I give Tucker Carlson a C. Where I thought the most interesting nuggets of gold were, and I'm not going to play the clip just because it's just too hard with the interpreter. Vladimir Putin started talking about over the course of his presidency, he has tried. He tried with Bill Clinton, and then he tried again with uh, George Bush. He's tried to make peaceful moves, so he says. He wanted to become possibly a part of NATO. Uh, he wanted to do a joint deal with America's missile defense systems. And in both cases, Bush and Clinton led Putin to believe that this was a total possibility for both until both men went back and spoke to their advisors, if you will, and came back and told Putin, forget it, can't do either one. And so Tucker Carlson asks him, are you saying that the elected officials that the Americans have put into place are not the ones calling the shots? And Vladimir Putin basically said, yeah, which to interpret that in a little bit 
easier uh, to understand English, basically Vladimir Putin is confirming that this country is run by the deep state. Yeah, that's what I was referring to by us shooting ourselves in the foot, meaning we painted them into this corner. And when he said that about how he's talked to these presidents and, you know, Clinton says, yeah, I think we could do that. And then the next day he's like, yeah, that won't happen. It just shows you that they're not really in charge. It's the handlers around them. It's the deep state states, the CIA. Um, it's all those individuals because, you know, peace with Russia, if we like it or not, you know, the military industrial complex of the American, you know, they, oh, there's no threat with Russia. There's no need to start making all this stuff. So it really goes deep into it. But I, um, I do agree. I think the deep state runs our country. From another perspective of that interview, and maybe the more interesting perspective long term, is that I think Tucker Carlson proved last night that the mainstream media is dead. Tucker Carlson, I haven't looked so far today. I only looked last night. Within about two hours of that thing dropping, it was already at about 45 million views. I said yesterday on the program that I thought it would turn out to be half a billion by the time it's done. Now, the bad thing for that interview is it is getting freaking railroaded by the big news of Joe Biden today. But regardless, I, I think the mainstream media at this point must recognize that its own demise is on its way because this is, you know, Elon Musk is creating Twitter or X into the everything app. That guy's not going to fail. And sooner or later, I think Twitter and X will actually be what we know today as the television. You turn it on, you get ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, blah, blah, blah. It's going to wind up being X is going to be where it is that you get all your news. So, uh, you know, thank you very much, Fox News, for getting rid of Tucker Carlson because it's going to set the pace for what things are in the future. Now, with that said, here's something really sad, Ryan. If you go to foxnews.com today, you will not see anything about the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin interview, which is ridiculous. This is one of the most powerful men in the world, as I said before. This uh, conflict with Ukraine is just so out of control, and yet Fox News is going to ignore it because they don't want to give Tucker Carlson any airplay. That tells you right there that Fox News is nothing more than a liberal tabloid that has conservatives acting as teleprompter reading shills lined at that company. I know this firsthand because I was there. Lined top to bottom with liberal producers. It just shows you. Try. It just shows you Fox News's true colors. Your statement on that before we move on. Yeah, I agree. I something that he said. He he said, "If you guys stop your support, because I think." Uh, Tucker was eluding, like, hey, are you kind of losing this war with Ukraine? Like, are you fine with having what you have now? And he basically said, he's, if you guys stop supporting them with money, ammunition, and weapons, he goes, this, this war will be over in the next couple of weeks, meaning, like, they're going to just steamroll through. And then we have the media telling us that Russia is losing all the men and their tanks and et cetera, and they're, you know, struggling. And at the end, they just they send these messages to us without them informing us of the other side. That's why I like this Tucker interview so much because we hear the point of view from Russia. So it just shows you that whatever narrative they want, they're going to push on us. And then that kind of just warps our perspective of the issues that, you know, are globally. 
You know, two other things worth noting before we move on. Um, Tucker Carlson asked him about the pipeline, who blew up the pipeline. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Putin was pretty much, you did, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, who else would blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who? Well, he said, You've, you need two things. You need the will to do it mm-hmm. and you need the ability to do it. Yeah. He said there's a lot of people who have the will and have the desire but don't have the ability. He says, you've got both. Yeah, and if anyone should be pissed off, it should be Germany. Yeah. Because an ally blew up their oil supply, and then he was saying that Ukraine's cutting off a pipeline, so is Poland, and it's like Germany's getting the, you know, but the Germany won't say anything or do anything about it. No, because Ameri- yeah. America's too big. You know, you exactly. Gotta be, you got to keep on shipping in Mercedes-Benz and BMWs into the United States. Yeah. Germany's not going to say a whole lot. I'll, I will say one thing I thought was really interesting when he brought up Rome. He okay. basically alluded that the U.S. is the Roman Empire. And he's like, you know, it took five centuries for Rome to fall. And he's basically alluded to the fact that the U.S. is currently falling and he thinks it's going to happen. Of course. Faster. And look, he also went into saying about how Russia, Russia, I mean, not Russia, I'm sorry, China. He says China now is the dominant, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be the dominant cur- currency, but it's the dom- dominant economy. That they have more purchasing power to buy goods and services than anybody else around the world. And that their GDP was growing. It's slowing down a little bit right now. But that China long term has a plan in place where they are going to wind up being the world's superpower. Mm-hmm. You hear all of these things. And what I say to myself is, man, we need to get Trump in there fast. Yeah. We need to get him in there fast. Really to, fast. Yeah. yeah, to stop the bleeding. And you know what? That alludes to that report we did where that guy uh, said in a decade the U.S. dollar won't be the won't be the world's currency anymore right we did a whole show on it last week Putin kind of just confirmed he's like hey you guys are going down we're going up he's like the ruble is you know we're using that more than usd other countries are getting rid of the usd it's just we're just so blinded by it well one of the things that Putin said as well he says look you guys put all these sanctions on us you 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 basically tried to cripple us and despite doing that, we were still the number one uh, economy. Yeah, that's what he, he said. You guys thought that it would have collapsed us. He said it did the complete yeah, opposite. It didn't, it didn't hit us at all. The one, uh, Just getting away from uh, that in a second, um, I just want to hit one thing. There is a Wall Street Journal reporter who has been held captive uh, by Russia, by Vladimir Putin. He's being used as a tool. Vladimir Putin lying out of his teeth as far as I'm concerned because Tucker Carlson said, hey, can we take this reporter home? Can you release him to us and we'll take him home to the United States? He's a journalist. He shouldn't be held as a war criminal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Vladimir Putin said, maybe in time we could do something like that, but not right now because he's guilty of espionage. He was stealing information. Well, you know why that is because, you know, Brittany Griner, they trade her for a war criminal arms dealer. So then they're just going to use this guy to get the next Russian, uh, you know, next deal where we get trade, you know, trade destroyed. For, for the people who don't know who Ryan's talking about, we're going back a couple of months ago, if not half a year, year ago, where the lesbian black basketball player. Who's bringing player, drugs into Russia. Yeah, who's bringing drugs into Russia. Marijuana. W- wound up getting nailed. She was in prison. We wound up giving away, I can't remember the guy's nickname. It's yeah, like he's Dr. An, Death or something Yeah, like he's that. an arms dealer, like war criminal type. Yeah, but he had like the horrible yeah. name. Like, Terrible person. Yeah. And we, we traded him for a woman's basketball player. Right. Meanwhile, we have a Marine 
That's yeah. it. I wish uh, Tucker would have brought him up. We have a Marine, I can't remember his name, it eludes me, that is stuck right now in Russia as well. Yeah. Nobody talks about him at all. Yeah, so it's the, it's the old, no, I'm not going to give him to you. We're going to get someone in return. And it's going to be, you know. But I think Tucker asking him straight out probably was the biggest cojones in the entire interview. I, I got it. Yeah. That, right. He said, yeah. hey, why don't you just release us? And why there don't were a couple you let me, yeah. yeah. And he pushed back on Putin because when Putin said, no, he's a, he's a, he's a war criminal, whatever, he, you know, Tucker's like, come on, man. He's a journalist. He's a young kid. Come on. You, 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 you're not going to sell that on me. You know, it's um, just as a side note, I, I, man, I wish we could talk about this the whole time. Uh, I found through body language, I think. Putin has a lot of admiration for Tucker Carlson. I think he sees that he's got a lot of balls. And a guy like Putin, I mm-hmm. think, appreciates that. Somebody who's got a tough, you know, and he yeah. said, he said he got, a, he got along good with Trump. He yeah. said he had a great relationship with George W. Bush, and he and had Trump. a great relationship with Trump. Well, did you see, so Putin's spokesperson, I guess, media, he mm-hmm. came out and said, like, and, you know, like, the mainstream media has been asking for interviews, and Putin's denied it. And that he only accepted Tucker because he thinks he's a true journalist and he like respects him. He is. So his spokesperson, the Russian spokesperson came out and said, yeah, this is this is why we're doing it with Tucker. Now, meanwhile, again, you know, we, we don't have the time to play the clips, but Hillary Clinton went on one of the liberal stations. I think it may have been MSNBC. If not, it was CNN. And she said that basically Tucker Carlson was a puppet for Vladimir Putin. And it's just, you know, seriously. This, you shouldn't be surprised to hear that out of Hillary Clinton. I said it the other day. I'm going to say it again. Anybody and everybody knows this, especially if you're a parent, right? I got Denny and Ryan are fighting. Denny's going to give me his story. Ryan's going to give me his story. And the truth probably lays somewhere in the middle. But I can't get to that truth if I've only got Denny's story and Ryan doesn't have a chance to give his side of it. So what Tucker Carlson basically did was said, hey, Let's hear both sides of the story. And Tucker Carlson must have said it four or five times. You don't have to agree with Vladimir Putin. You don't need to believe that he's telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. You can even say, oh, my God, you know, was he filibustering with this long history lesson? But Tucker Carlson said at first he believed that it was a filibuster, that he basically was filling up air, was doing a dance around. He said, but as it started to go longer, and especially after I watched it back, I can see it wasn't a filibuster. It was passion. That Vladimir Putin loves his country, believes in its history, and believes that Ukraine is his. So that's a different story of in itself. But ultimately, Tucker Carlson, I have to tell you, uh, just impressed me with his fortitude and willingness to go the extra mile. Not crazy about the interview, but I can understand why he felt a bit on his heels, you know. But uh, wow, kudos to him and, and, and shame on Fox News for not even as much as carrying a clip. Yeah. And, you know, Putin's not going to give the meat on the bone. You know, he's not going to he, he'll he'll you know give his opinions. But when it comes to Russia, he's not going to say anything. No, nah. no. Uh, we're going to move over to Joe Biden right now. But before we do that, I want to play a video. This video is of a sheriff named Richard Jones. He just went to D.C. and met with Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI. Now, I play this before we have Biden simply because we need to talk deeply about what Joe Biden is doing to this country and what he's not. Here's the sheriff in his own words. It's 50 seconds. My name is Rick Jones. I'm the Butler County Sheriff, Butler County, Ohio. Um, I just came back from a national sheriff's training in uh, D.C., 
There's 3,300 sheriffs in the United States. The president of the United States refuses to meet with the sheriffs. He also refuses to meet with the police chiefs. He refuses to meet with them to talk about border issues or talk about crime that's going on because of the border issue. We were also told by Mr. Ray, the FBI director, that there are more red flags going off now than before 9-11. When I say red flags, meaning people that are here in this country that are wanting to do harm to us. And we were told by the FBI director, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It, it is infuriating to me because this didn't have to be the case. I, I, I will be the first one to tell you I'm going to stand my ground on this. I do not believe we had a fair up election. I believe Donald Trump should still be president. And if he was, we wouldn't be dealing with any of this crap. And the fact that Joe Biden is in the Oval Office right now is just pure disgustingness. And now we're going to talk about what just happened with this special counsel, Robert Hur, and what he came down with. Just insane. What Before we get into the nitty gritty on that, what is your feeling about the whole uh, warning that you just got from the sheriff. It, it is infuriating because terrorism shouldn't be a right or left, you know, issue. It should be, okay, the southern border is wide open. It's literally a huge neon sign screaming to terrorists, hey, uh, you can easily come in, come into our country and, you know, create terror. And the Democrats in office or in the White House, Biden and his ilk should just be able to be able to look at that and be like, all right, we need to close the border and secure it because our job is to protect our citizens and they're not doing that. So I'm infuriated. I, you know, the fact that he said it's not a matter of if, a matter of when is just scary to me. There was a bombshell, a bombshell report out of the Department of Justice. And it came down from a gentleman who did a investigation into whether or not Joe Biden mishandled classified information. I'm going to play a video right now of CNN explaining what it is in part that this uh, uh, report said about what Joe Biden actually did. Take a listen. Here are the facts. Joe Biden, established by this report, Joe Biden retained sensitive classified documents after he left the vice presidency. Marked the, classified? Or? Yes, marked classified, highest level, top secret SCI. They related to our international affairs, to war plans, to foreign relations. He knew it. He knew it. He's on tape. After he's out of the vice presidency, saying to his autobiographer, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew it. But he just denied that. That's, exactly. that, that so was that's a key part of the report. It's the second sentence in the report, and he just denied sharing that with the ghostwriter. And I yep. just looked at this closely. Uh, they had recorded conversations between Biden and this ghostwriter. Exactly. The special counsel found it, as you just heard right there, that Joe Biden did wrong. However, the special counsel has come back and said he does not believe there should be any level of prosecution against uh, Joe Biden. And the reason being, in 300 
pages, Ryan, 300 pages out of this Robert Herr, page after page after page, is that Joe Biden cannot remember anything. In fact, they called him an elderly man who has an impaired memory. He couldn't as much as remember what year it was that his son died. Your yeah, take. I have the I have his like a paragraph if you want me to read it. Yeah, please. It goes in his interview with our office. Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009? Am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinions with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. And then there's another thing saying that a jury wouldn't be able to really prosecute him because of he would be they would see him as an elderly a well-meaning elderly man, yeah, yes, who has an impaired memory. I, in response, and that's where the uh, you know CNN uh, that little report she said, wait, he just said he didn't uh, do anything with classified documents. Joe Biden holds an emergency press conference <laughs> in which he looks like he's ninety-seven, not eighty, and Steve Ducey from Fox News, probably the only guy worth anything. Uh, over there at Fox News at this point, asks Joe Biden about it, and Joe Biden gets rip-roaring mad. I'm going to play that clip right now, Ryan. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's you, uh, that's, that's what your memory has gotten worse, so Mr. President? My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Ryan, this is a man who is in complete denial of his inability to carry daily functions um, without sounding and looking like he's completely out of it at all given times. So let me give you this. This is from this is a tweet out there from a guy named Greg Price. He says, Joe Biden's Department of Justice said today that he was not mentally fit for trial in the few hours since then. Biden has won said he is a president for red states and green states. Two, he forgot the name of the place where his son, Bo, got his rosary beads. And last, said that the Egypt president is from Mexico. I think he's proven more than one time that he is slipping dramatically. With this in mind, I want to go to what I think may be the more interesting part of this whole thing where this goes next. Maybe a little conspiracy theory on my end here, Ryan. I don't think so, though. Okay. I'll leave it to you to give me your opinion. And if you disagree, please push back. 
I think that the Democrats are cunning and I think to a certain degree brilliant when they try to come up with schemes. And I believe that Barack Obama and all the top elitists, maybe you call it the deep state, have looked at Joe Biden and said there's no way that he's going to be able to beat Donald J. Trump in the next election. They look at the inflation. They look at the problems around the world. They look at what happened in Afghanistan. They look what's happening right now between Ukraine. They look at the border, all this other different stuff, and they say, this guy's an absolute train wreck, and we got to get him, we, we get him replaced. Well, how do you do that? How do you replace him? Because if you replace him without a real good reason, what you do is you say you're replacing a Wait, if things were going so great, why would you replace the guy where things are going so great? There's got to be a reason why you replace him. You don't want to replace him because he's corrupt. You got to replace him for some reason. And then they come up with this classified document stuff and they say, look, if it can be that we have a report that shows that he is physically or mentally unfit at this point, nobody's ever going to blame him for that. Because that's, that's a physical, that's a mental ailment. That's aging. There's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. He's not bad. You know, we all should feel bad for him. And, you know, that's the, how we get rid of him. It doesn't put blood on the hands of the Democrats. They don't look disloyal. They don't look unjust. They don't look corrupt. It looks like this was a real unfortunate event. And we're going to have to say goodbye to Joe and we could talk about what happens next to that, but what's your feeling on my theory that this is actually driven by the Democrats? Yeah, no, so your theory, I agree with 100%. After me and Denny watched that press conference last night, we both turned each other like they're throwing him under the bus. Like, if you're not fit to go to trial, then you're not going to be fit to run for president. I think they're going down the line of, okay, aging, natural, there's nothing you can do. Uh, let's throw Newsom in there or something. So I think they they realize that he's done and he's only going to get worse and that Trump's going to win against him. And they're they're scheming and being their cunning way. And I agree with you 100%. And I'm sure, and so does Denny. The reason why I played the sheriff and the sheriff's warning, we can sit here from a political standpoint and talk about who's going to be next, who's going to fill in the role. Is it going to be Kamala Harris? I mean, obviously, if I, I think Biden's stepping down in the next 30 days. I really do. I think he's stepping down in the next 30 days. I think the pressure on him right now is so great. And every time he makes a new gaffe, every time he has a memory issue, God forbid he falls down, it, the pressure is going to be that you have to replace him. We're going to wind up getting an absolute disaster in Kamala Harris will wind up being president. I don't know if he's going to step down. Really? Because I I think he's like very senile, obviously. He doesn't really know what's going on, but I do think he truly believes he's doing a great job. Yeah. He always alludes to it. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, he is president, and even if his handlers around him and the people around him saying that you need to, you know, step down, I think he's just so, like you see how angry he gets. Yes. Like he, it, as if he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. Well, the issue is, is he's that the, Repu the, the Republicans right now are invoking the 25th Amendment okay. to where they are now forcing his cabinet to take a look at him and saying he is impaired. He's not capable of running the United States of America. This man is unfit. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. 
So this is like the perfect storm. You got the Department of Justice doing a full-blown report. There's really no way of getting out of that. You've got the Democrats really not wanting him because they see what's going on with him. And now you got the Republicans going full court press because the Republicans see this as chaos and disruption. And nobody wants Kamala Harris. So if you get rid of Biden and you stick in Kamala Harris, this is a runaway train for Donald J. Trump. Even if Donald J. Trump, for some crazy reason, winds up having to go to prison and can't be on the ballot, or if the Supreme Court switches their whole uh, position and says, yeah, no, you could leave him off the ballot in the next couple of weeks, you get Ron DeSantis back in there. He'll be the nominee. Ron DeSantis would clean the clock of Kamala Harris. So if, if Biden stays in, Ryan, he's only going to get worse, and this report is going to be detrimental to him. This is a political disaster. Even the New York Times last night said the report is a political disaster. Yeah, but I feel like they, you know, we always talk about Obama as the one pulling the strings. I think he wants that. I think he wants Biden in the position as long as possible so he can get his agenda done. I don't know what the relationship with Kamala and Obama would be, but I feel like if Kamala's in there, she's going to, you know, be the I'm the first woman president. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't really think she can be controlled as much. But I think they want Biden in there as long as possible because all the attention's focused on him and they can get away with, you know, leaving the border open and et cetera. I'm going to play. It's funny you just said that about Barack Obama. I had this lined up just in case we wanted to play it. Barack Obama once gave an interview about whether or not he wanted a third term. Take a listen to what he says about pulling the strings. A third term. And I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in, a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. So yeah. Barack Obama. Just told you right there. He's totally cool with having a third term through proxy. And he, he's totally in his sweatpants right now pulling the strings of in his basement. And I don't think the administration under Biden's administration is ever going to say he's not mentally fit. So I think that's the one issue. I think they're just going to keep lying like they have done for the past three years, saying that he's fine. He's doing a great job. I don't think they're going to change their tune anytime soon. For sake of fun, and we've got to wind this up, for sake of fun. Right now, let's take a look at what we know is true. We got a DOJ document and report saying that he is basically mentally unfit. You've got a Democrat uh, party. CNN's even given up on this guy now. You got a, C- a CNN, you got a Democrat party probably filled with people who feel he's unfit. The media is turning on him. Uh, the Republicans now are pushing to invoke the 25th Amendment. Where do you think this goes? It's going to be a crazy 2024. Um, Let's see. So if Biden does get taken out and we have Kamala Harris, there's no, I think her approval approval rating is even worse than Biden's. There's no way they're going to let her run. So I, the person next up in the bullpen would be Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Who else would there, what, you're going to run Bernie Sanders? Like who else is there on the Democrat party? I mean, unless you have a name that I don't know who would be able to 
be be able to win the election. I think the only person's Newsom, and you know him. Like if we point, if we put a spotlight on California, how much of a mess it is. He probably is the most slick politician I've ever seen. He'll just turn it on its head. This is going to be the most bizarre. Uh, I hate to say fun because I don't like to see my country in turmoil, but it's going to be fun from a from what we do here is, uh, for a living. I'll, I'll, I'll paint this picture for you, and I'm not going to give an answer of where I think it goes because it's just so convoluted. I don't believe Joe Biden will be the nominee. He can't be the nominee because the only thing that's going to happen to him is he's going to get worse. And if his, if his condition is really bad, it's gonna, if, it's, it's, if it's accelerating, which it feels like it is, that's why I say he's got 30 days, maybe 45 days. Kamala Harris obviously steps in automatically through the Constitution as now being the president. Now, is she the nominee? Um, I think the Democrats realize the fact that she's an absolute train wreck. If we can actually get to an election uh, without being uh, attacked in a terror attack or, you know, God forbid, we have to go to World War III, uh, as far as the candidates look, boy, that's a hard thing. Gavin Newsom obviously is, you know, the, the, the next prince, if you will. He's the white Obama. Uh, we don't know where Trump is going to land in terms of what's going to happen with some of these court cases. He very well could be in an orange jumpsuit. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. But whether it's him or, you know, remember, DeSantis put his uh, campaign on hold, suspended his campaign. Didn't cancel it, suspended it. Could always turn it back on if he has to. I think the wild card here, Ryan, is not whether it's Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama, or Kamala Harris. I think the wild card here is RFK Jr. And also now, I'll tell you who just saw a big, huge opening today, and you'll see that people will start to talk about this, is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, the Democrat senator out of West Virginia, says he's had it with the Democrat Party and has been thinking about running as a third-party candidate. So either A, he runs because he sees an unbelievable opening for him as the alternative to two smelly eggs, as he would probably paint it, or he now has so much leverage with the Democrats, the Democrats would say, you'll be our nominee. Come on over, revamp the Democrat Party. You're our new leader. Because if you run as an independent, we are absolutely going to lose. That could wind up being Joe Manchin could end up being the guy. And the funny thing is, is that I did a podcast going back about two years ago. I'd love to find it. I did a whole podcast about who is the most powerful man in America. And I said it was Joe, uh, Joe Manchin because he basically was the one Democrat who kept on keeping the Democrats from taking this country completely over the cliff. But uh, from an immigration standpoint, we've already fallen over. And uh, you listen to that Putin interview, and it sounds like we're 10 years away from being no better than Ethiopia. Last word goes to you. we got to say goodbye. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we are 10 years away from being the next Ethiopia if we don't change this. And I think the best guy right now is Donald Trump. But um, I guess I'll give you my opinion on the re Republican side. If Trump does get put into an orange jumpsuit, I don't think there's going to be a war cry for DeSantis. I think it is going to be an uproar in this country. And I would like to see the Democrats try and pull that. I like to see him to put Trump in an orange jumpsuit because I think all hell will break loose. 
oh man, is this going to be an interesting time? This is like, you couldn't even write this script for the best movie picture of the year. But anyway, we're in the middle of it. We're reporting it to you. We appreciate your time today. Uh, Denny will be back with us on Monday, God willing. Tonight, you've got the wine and talk. Uh, and let's see, what else? The dmlcbd.com slash face, the buy one, get one free. Don't forget that. That ends on Sunday. All right, that's it for me. That's it for Ryan. Good job today, Ryan. Thanks for jumping in there. And uh, until the next time, may God bless you. May God bless this country. And you know what? Even though I can't stand what he did to the country, even though I think he is a cruel, mean man, you still have to pray for your foes. And I hate to see any person uh, be up there on stage and look like a deer in headlight. And that is. So I hope that God can help Joe Biden in uh, relieving some of his mental anguish and pain. We'll talk to you soon. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and team DML.